0: Hello and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast where we tell the stories of local business owners and Maine residents and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski.
1: And I am Kimberly Regalinski.
0: And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a local magazine that helps showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can learn more about us at keepitlocalmaine.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through the links in the show notes.
1: This episode is sponsored by Fabian Oil, a family owned and operated business that offers heating oil and propane delivery, services and repairs. Fabian has been serving Central and Northern Maine with propane and oil for over 30 years. As a local Maine business, they cherish the relationships they have formed by serving the people of their communities. In 2019, Fabian entered the Southern Maine region with a heating oil acquisition and they have recently brought propane to the market. They are aggressive and would love to be your supplier. Give them a call at 207-793-2044 or visit fabianoil.com.
0: In this episode, we'll be talking with Cheryl Tucker and Julia Batchelder from Maine Cancer Foundation. Julia joined the team at Maine Cancer Foundation in 2016, where she oversees major events and offers participant support to fundraisers. Julia is a native of Yarmouth, Maine, and past participant in Try For A Cure. She loves the opportunity to support women who endeavor to challenge themselves while also fundraising for a meaningful cause. Cheryl joined the team at Maine Cancer Foundation in 2019. She has spent much of her career working in cancer-related public health. As a passionate advocate, she strives to ensure that cancer prevention, screening, and care are prioritized in all of our Maine communities. While she is not a native Mainer, she calls Maine home and can't imagine living anywhere else.
1: Well, welcome to the show, Cheryl and Julia. We are so glad to have you here with us
2: today. Well, and thank you for having us. We're thrilled to be here. Yeah, this is fun. Can
1: you tell us uh, a little more about Maine Cancer Foundation and how it got started?
2: Sure, I can tell you a little bit about uh, Maine Cancer Foundation. I mean, first and foremost, our mission is to decrease cancer incidence and mortality in Maine. And basically what that means is we wanna make sure that fewer people hear the words, you have cancer, and that fewer Mm -hmm. Mainers die from the disease. You know, cancer is the number one cause of death in our state, and our goal really is to change that. We are a public foundation, and basically, this means that we we'll, we raise all the funds that we then invest back into Maine communities. 100% of our funds are spent fighting cancer right here in the state. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we were established in 1976, so 45 years ago, been around for quite a while, mm-hmm. um, by a small group of concerned Mainers who had lost loved ones to cancer. And basically, they felt compelled to make a difference. They noted that there wasn't another organization that was 100% dedicated to helping and protecting Mainers from the disease. So from there, they created Maine Cancer Foundation. Hmm. So, oh, yeah. 45 years. Yeah, yeah. I don't think a lot of people know that about us, but yeah, we've been around for quite a while. Our, the foundation's initial focus was on funding cancer research in Maine, along with some oncology provider education and patient support. It was in 2015 that our board of directors voted to transition our focus to areas that they felt Maine Cancer Foundation could have a greater impact on the health of Mainers related to cancer. So we launched our Challenge Cancer 2020 initiative and really focused our efforts on funding grant making on three primary areas, preventing cancer in Maine, Mm -hmm. screening for more cancer in Maine, so finding it earlier when it's often most treatable. Mm -hmm. and improving access to care, regardless of someone's income or geography. Mm -hmm. So we just wrapped that up in 2020. And through that initiative, we invested over $15 million in Maine, awarding grants and providing programming and coalition building across the state in all 16 counties. So that's really Maine Cancer Foundation in a nutshell. Moving forward, we're continuing our focus on cancer prevention, cancer screening, Mm -hmm. and access to care in our great state. Hmm. That's great.
0: That's that is that's such a huge number for me to comprehend across just a state like Maine that has been invested. That's incredible.
1: Fifteen million dollars. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, honestly, we we raise all those funds through our community events. So, frankly, we couldn't do it without the state of Maine, without our our Mm -hmm. event participants, our sponsors and all of that. So it's been a real community effort making this impact in our state. That's great. Wow.
0: So how did how did both of you become involved with Maine Cancer Foundation?
2: Uh, I can
3: speak to that first. Uh, so I actually did try for a cure as a participant back in two thousand eleven. So that's how it first kind of came on the map for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a background in events, working for a marketing agency, and, you know, like so many, if not every Mainer have been, you know, my family, my friends have been impacted by cancer. So when when the role of, of events manager, MCF came up, you know, it was a job that's combining my love of endurance events. Um, I've had participated in the tribe believed in it as an event and obviously the mission resonates with me. So I've Mm -hmm. been so fortunate that it's really been a perfect, a perfect job for me. Mm, That's great.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And um, I can speak to that as well. So I've been um, working in cancer related public health for over 20 years in the state of Maine. um, And, you know, when the opportunity to become a part of the Maine Cancer Foundation team came up, I just felt like it was a perfect fit for my personal and professional goals. Kind of like Julia mentioned, you know, I've had many family and friends um, in my life uh, touched by cancer in some way, whether a diagnosis or, you know, just they knew somebody. And frankly, working for Maine Cancer Foundation allows me to focus on this cause of fighting cancer that I'm truly dedicated to. So it was a perfect mm-hmm. match.
1: Yeah, that's great. So how can people get involved with your mission?
2: Well, they can do a number of things. Um, You know, obviously, they can get involved with our events and programming efforts. Um, We actually host a cancer coalition called Maine's Impact Cancer Network, where folks who are interested in, you know, getting involved across the state, we're always inviting them to join us in that group. But you know, one of the most important ways that someone can become involved with our mission is to you know, talk with their doctor about their cancer screening tests, wear sunscreen. Mm -hmm. If somebody is a smoker, they can talk to their doctor about, you know, how can they quit really um, paying attention to their health and Mm -hmm. trying to reduce their risk of cancer and the risk of those in their life. So that would be maybe my biggest message about how to get involved with our mission. Um, and Julia, I know, can talk a little bit more about how to get directly involved with some of our events, which fund our important work. Yes, yeah, so, um, that,
3: you know, leads <laughs> leads nicely into talking about Try for Cure, which is the, our upcoming triathlon fundraiser. Try for Cure was founded in 2008, and since then it has raised over $17 million, which is, um, you know, really incredible when you think about, you know, how many women and donors it's taken to get to that number. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Tip. It's hosted at Southern Maine Community College, which is you know the most beautiful venue to host any sort of event, and has 1,300 women lining up. Obviously, um, things have changed a little bit the past couple of years, and mm-hmm. this is going to be our second year as a virtual event. But it's actually you know w- when we had to transition last year to making this event that's usually you know this huge scale all women event mm-hmm. into you know, a virtual event, we had kind of, we were a little bit skeptic. We didn't know if people would be enthusiastic and, uh, we were blown away by how people really embraced the format. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, instead of seeing one triathlon, we saw hundreds of triathlons all over the state. Mm-hmm. So while we had hoped that 2021 would be a return to in-person, we have again, just been amazed by how these women are still so eager, which, you know, really speaks to the cause. So, mm-hmm. um, we are definitely encouraging participants to register still the event this year is july 1st through 18th mm-hmm. and again it can be done anywhere it can be done as a relay so you can you know grab your sister or your friend your coworker, or you can do the whole thing all three legs and it's at your own pace in your own place and we are all about community at try for a cure and the event is mm-hmm. so much more than a race it's about bringing mm-hmm. women together and it's been really neat to see people continue to do that despite not being physically together
1: right so anyone that wants to get involved in that this year can participate so whether you're a first-time you know, they can kind of do it at their own leisure. It sounds like someone, a beginner or, you know, whether for beginner from someone that's a professional, you know, triathlete, it sounds like it allows, it allows for everyone to be involved, right?
3: Yes, which has actually been, I, we were surprised by how many women participated last year. It was their first time doing it and said that, you know, this is actually a, a great way. I've been nervous to do Try for Cure for so many years because I'm intimidated about by swimming in a big group of people and getting kicked in the face. And I don't know if I can bike 15 miles. So, you know, being able to do it virtually means that you do have freedom to, as you say, take it at your own pace. And, you know, if you don't want to, if you're not comfortable swimming in the ocean, and you can swim in a lake or the pool even. So it, and it is wonderful how we do have, you know, we have women who, who do Ironman triathlons who take this very seriously, but even more so they take the fight against cancer seriously. So it's very much a unifying event and brings together women of all abilities and all backgrounds. And, um, it's, as I say, it's just been really neat seeing people make it their own.
1: Mm, that's great.
0: I think that that might have been the first time ever anyone has ever mentioned triathlon and leisure <laughs> in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah. I just want to note that down so that you can mark that in your diary because uh, I know. Kim, <laughs> I don't know that that's ever happened before because when I think of a triathlon, I'm certainly not thinking of leisure. Well, yeah. you know, when, <laughs> not unless it's maybe the 1970s and someone who's wearing a leisure suit while well, officiating. Well, other you, than that, I don't think so.
1: You know, well, when she she, I, I mean, I be- totally believe in your mission, and I, I'm definitely not a triathlete. But when you said triathlon and leisure, you know, a, a light bulb went on for me. I'm like, oh, maybe I can do this.
0: You know, yeah, which, so which I actually it, is a good question. Like now, what is the because wh- I, I am? Well, you can't see me here, but I am obviously not a typical triathlete. Yeah. Um, but what is a triathlon ent- entail? Is it I, I don't know if there's a standard? Sure. Like distance for all the the things in that, or or what is your what is the try for cure exactly?
3: Yeah, there and there are different distances and and standards, and we are a USAT sanctioned event, so uh, we are what's considered a sprint triathlon, which means the women do a one third mile swim, followed by a fifteen mile bike, and then they end it with a five k, so a three point one mile run. And the try for cure is so, as I mentioned, it's more than a race. So mm. you know, a lot mm-hmm. of times you go to triathlons and they're just full of these, you know, super athletes who are incredible and tries more traffic is, is really more about, you know, the, the hugs at the finish line, the high fives. We have women who've mm-hmm. been known to in the middle of the race stop because they see another woman walking and they walk with that woman and they share stories about why they're motivated to try and, and so when we you know we're looking at the at the public health scene this year and you know weighing could we potentially do a triathlon and you know we're seeing that races are happening this year road races are you know if they're limited to a certain number of people and and everybody is distanced and that's not what our event has ever been about it's not mm-hmm. about you know getting people to hit certain times and get through the mm-hmm. finish shoot and then pack up and leave ours is really mm-hmm. about the human connection so with being able to do that it it wouldn't be the same so that's why Mm -hmm. we've a big a big driver why we have continued to really push the virtual format Mm
0: -hmm. that makes total sense yeah
1: it does make total sense and it seems like it just from just even a personal sorry sorry my mom passed away
3: i'm so sorry i
0: knew this was gonna happen today
3: we're all about tears at try for a cure. We're <laughs> yeah. very used yeah. to this. <laughs>
2: yep. uh,
1: it just seems like, you know, this virtual format too, it just seems like it could be something, you know, that you could gather with some girlfriends or mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. members and, and say, you know, I want to honor my mother this year. You know, I haven't, you know, I haven't been able to participate in the past, but you know, yes. this is something that, that I could do, that I could grab some friends and, you know, participate in this. So it's really cool that, that you have had to shift because, like I said before, it just it gives an opportunity for
3: people that may have never participated. Yes, and it's actually, it's given people more flexibility to make it special. So not only do people have flexibility in terms of the, you know, athletic portion of it, but last year we saw women, um, you know, they picked a bike route that went past a graveyard where um, a loved one was buried, or they ended their race at, you know, the hospital or the care center where a family member has been receiving care. So there's so many ways to make it moving. And yes, I think especially compared to last year, this year, there is some more, you know, I think comfort level for people to be able to safely do events with a small group of friends or family members. So we're really excited to see, you know, how people make it meaningful. And Mm. this event is a fundraiser first and foremost but it's also a huge catalyst for people in their journey whether it's as a cancer survivor themselves or as a caregiver or grieving a loved one so we're we're really glad that it can continue that's awesome
0: Mm. i think you'd look great in a swim cap (laughs) (laughs) i'm just i'm just throwing it out (laughs) yeah yeah now the the one question I have is it, w- the fundraising aspect of it does it solely come from people paying the entry fee or do people get pe- uh, others to pledge them uh, per yeah. for their participation
3: it's so it's it's what we call a peer-to-peer fundraising event. So mm-hmm. um, people do pay a registration fee. There's a $50 registration fee, and you know I keep saying typical year. So you know pre-pandemic when we're in person, we have a fundraising minimum. So in order to participate, you have to you know you're committing to a triathlon, but you're also committing to a fundraiser. And mm-hmm. because of being virtual and the flexibility, we are able to remove that fundraising minimum, and we do have so. You know, you're not committed to fundraising, but you have to hit a threshold of $250 to get your shirt and medal. And we have all sorts of incentive prizes along the way to um, mm. encourage people. And we were amazed last year, you know, even in a pandemic, the average participant raised close to $1,000. So awesome. um, wow. it's that's definitely the bulk of it. We also have an amazing team of sponsors. WEX is our presenting sponsor. They've been with us since the beginning and and a whole host. You know, we have so many of them came back, small businesses, big businesses, most of whom have been affected by the pandemic in some way. And um, I think it's a real it's a real um, testament to the importance of our mission, that people want to make mm. this a priority, even in difficult times.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and it just, just what a great way to honor those people, too, that, that have yeah. passed, you know, um, just, just an opportunity to do that.
0: In terms of, of what you've been doing, obviously things have been very different for people over the last year, year and a half. What would you say is the biggest lesson for both of you that you've learned in the past year or maybe the past couple of years uh, doing what you do?
2: I can jump in on that one. Um, just initially, yeah. I think the biggest lesson is that we, probably many of us have learned, frankly, is to be flexible. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've had to, as everyone has, make significant changes in our work, in our personal lives and such over the last year. Um, One of the things that's been really wonderful about being a small organization like Maine Cancer Foundation with that flexibility, we've been able to take a look at things that we might be funding or efforts we're making and shift. So like last year, for example, we were able to shift some of our grant making when, for example, cancer screenings took a shift and people were not going into the hospitals for good reason to get their screening tests. We were Mm -hmm. able to shift some of that funding to addressing the needs of cancer patients Mm. in a pandemic. All Mm -hmm. of a sudden, transportation was harder to get to. Um, You might remember when getting hand sanitizer and masks was almost impossible. So we were able Mm -hmm. to partner with some organizations and shift some of our work to make sure cancer patients were able to um, have what they needed to be in the community or to get to their cancer treatment appointments. So I think biggest lesson maybe for me in the past few years is that flexibility piece and to just take a breath um, mm. And also to just never underestimate the passion of so many that have either battled cancer or have supported someone with cancer. Because frankly, um, we couldn't do our good work without people that have supported our mission. And last year just knocked our socks off with how people rallied around Maine Cancer Foundation and our mission. So that that would be my answer to that question.
3: Yeah. And I I think I would actually piggyback on that. Just, you know, I, I mentioned that when we made this transition last year and and faced the reality of having to, to host the tribe virtually. I just, I thought, you know, people, people, they don't want to do this. This is just another virtual Mm -hmm. option out there. And so it's really, you know, the commitment of Mainers believing in the cause and, um, and, just how important that it is that people continue to prioritize supporting Maine Cancer Foundation, supporting fellow Mainers. We'd like to say that we're Mainers helping Mainers. And mm. um, it's never been more true than this past year.
1: Yeah, that's great.
3: Yeah. So one of
1: the things that, that I, we'd like to ask and we're just always curious about is how would you say you define success? What does success look like to you?
2: I mean, I would say, you know, frankly, I'm going to speak to it from the organization. But like I said earlier, I mean, I do this work for personal and professional reasons. So, you know, mm-hmm. success for me is knowing that patients are getting the treatment. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if we as Maine Cancer Foundation are raising enough money to give money back out to communities to ensure that that person that's, you know, two or three hours from their cancer treatment center can get there and can get through their treatment, to me, that's success.
3: Mm-hmm. It's almost
2: one person at a time in some cases. Mm-hmm when I see cancer screening rates rise, that feels like success, but it takes time to see these benchmarks sometimes. But but mm-hmm. I think that's how I would define it, making making a true difference in the lives of Mainers.
3: Mm-hmm. And I would, you know, from my perspective, success to me is kind of, a, it's sort of twofold. It's, it's walking this balance of hosting an event or organizing an event that is a successful fundraiser but also delivers a rewarding and inspiring experience for the participants and mm-hmm. you know similar to what Cheryl's saying with it's you know maybe one case at a time one person at a time it's hearing receiving an email from somebody explaining why this event meant so much to them and and how it helped them in their journey that's really that success for me it's it's these little stories and that's what we always say that's what makes the tri special is it's each one of these women that that Mm. brings a unique perspective
2: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and that's so important because you know as you've said there it it would be it's very rare to find someone who isn't touched by cancer in in some way shape or form Mm -hmm. and that making that connection personal is is huge
1: yeah for sure
0: uh, another another question that we we always like to ask, who or what inspires you, either either personally or professionally?
2: So I can speak to that. It's interesting. I was uh, rehearsing for this in my car this morning, in preparation for our conversation. <laughs> and, you know, i I just keep going back to, I mean, for me personally, I think what started me on the journey in this um, cancer fighting arena, Um, My husband was diagnosed with cancer, gosh, over 30 years ago. We're so blessed Mm -hmm. that he's a survivor and there are a lot of things to consider. But since that time, many people, as I mentioned earlier, have been in my personal life have been touched by cancer. And when I broaden that and I think about Maine, and I think about all the people in our state fighting cancer or who've been touched. That inspires me. You know, we're the most rural state in the nation. We have the oldest population in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, we have huge barriers to getting to care, and so honestly, that inspires me to go to work every day and figure mm-hmm. out how we can truly make an impact and make things just mm-hmm. a little easier. Because the cancer journey, as I think we've all alluded to, is not a simple one. So mm-hmm. if we can ease that burden in some way, that inspires me.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for me I think you know it, it might seem obvious but the women who do the try and whether it's somebody who's done it all 14 years or it's their first time I every single year I cry at the finish line when we mm-hmm. we you know and we're in person and I see these women crossing whether they are you know the first one across the line or Meredith Strang Burgess who's our last our official last place finisher every year. In just, you know, knowing the perspectives that people bring to this and the challenges that they've overcome to get there. And, you know, I, I broaden that even more. So this year where it's, you know, being a human is, is difficult. And this year has mm. presented so many more challenges and made it even more difficult to, to human, if human is a word. And um, so, you know, whether it's, You know, our event participants, or just the people that I meet on on the street—the fact that people, you know, watching people pull together to, you know, get through these challenges—it's. I've definitely had many challenges this year, but also no shortage of inspiration.
0: Mm. Mm. And I totally think that humaning could be a verb.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I know I
1: like that. Granted, (laughs) nobody
0: nobody is asking me to teach high school English. (laughs) I I can't even tell you what a gerund is, but I'll I'll allow it. <laughs>
1: <Perfect>. <laughs> uh,
0: consider consider your, that your doctor's note to use that in the future. And,
1: yeah. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> adding it. It's it, it really truly is inspiring to us with you know what you do and just your mission and to watch just even the the events that you that you guys have put on over the years. It's it truly is inspiring. It's just It's just beautiful. And we, you know, we live in such a beautiful state and we are so lucky to live here. And I always like to ask, um, you know, what is it about Maine that you love? You know, what is, what is the favorite part of, of living here in Maine? Would you
2: say? Go ahead, Julia. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, I love our coastline and, you know, I love our Maine summers. We have Mm -hmm. kind of a rule in our house. You can't leave Maine in the summer. Why would you? Mm, um, and right. then, of course, I feel like we are so blessed to have a national park within our borders. I love Acadia yeah. National Park. And so that, you know, that would be my quick answer to that question.
1: Yeah.
3: Mm. Yeah. I've, you know, I think if you had asked me this question, you know, a little over a year and a half ago, I probably would have started talking about our restaurant scene and all this. And mm-hmm. I still love our restaurants. I can't wait to be back. But I've never been so happy to live in Maine as, as during the pandemic, because we have access to these, as Cheryl of the, the national parks, we've got mountains, we've got ocean, all of it is in such quick reach, especially for us here in southern Maine. So
1: mm-hmm. um, just
3: the ability to get outdoors safely, not being in a city has big city at least is it's been a real gift this year
1: absolutely yeah mm. i would agree for sure <laughs> yeah it has made he, what was that word that we said the, humaning it has made humaning easier <laughs> yes it has
0: <laughs> and anything that makes humaning just a little bit easier that gets a thumbs up from me
3: yeah yeah okay in my book
0: yeah <laughs> Well, Cheryl and Julia, thank you so much for yeah. for joining us today. We appreciate your time. Yes, we appreciate absolutely. you sharing your stories. One question I would have is: Is there a deadline for registration for Try for a Cure this year?
3: It's kind of it's a rolling deadline. Um, we're not limited by capacity, so we want anyone and everyone. Um, all women should head over to tryforcure.org, and at mm-hmm. least through the end of June, we will have registration open. So. We haven't set a closed date, but I would say get registered now so you can begin training. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as much as it is, there it's definitely flexible. You want to make sure you get your bike out of the garage and dust it off mm-hmm. and tuned up, and um, mm-hmm. also give yourself some time to fundraise. So sooner, the sooner the better. Yeah,
0: yes, start true. hydrating and stretching now. Yes. <laughs> just, maybe I'm just saying that as someone who's over 40 now, and that, you know,
3: it's never too early to cargo load. <laughs>
0: well yes. that's been my problem all these years I've, been, I've had no problem with that part of the training it's no. the other stuff that seems to be a little difficult for me uh, but I will be sure that we put a link to the registration in the show notes as well as a link to Maine Cancer Foundation's website and social media pages once again thank you thank so you much so we much, really appreciate ladies. the work you're doing yes, and thank uh, you. You know, wish you great success with this year's event
2: Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for having us we appreciate yes. it thank you have a great day thanks again
0: thank you again to our sponsor fabian oil be sure to contact them for all your propane and heating oil needs using the information in the show notes and thank you for listening